Aloha and welcome to the Startup Catalyst podcast produced by Sultan Ventures. I'm your host, Yasmin Dar. This season, we'll hear insights from minority and women entrepreneurs and investors and how they're striving to make a difference. Today's guest is Maureen Murat Esquire, cryptocurrency expert of counsel at Cogent Law Group and founder of Crowdy Advisors. Today, we'll find out how Maureen got involved in the world of blockchain consultancy from her early days in Miami to passing the bar in the state of New York. All right, Maureen, can you tell us who you are in an elevator pitch, maybe 60 seconds or less? Sure. Um, Good evening. My name is Maureen Murat. I am an attorney um, based in Washington, D.C. I am of counsel to Cogent Law Group. Um, I also started my own business called Crowdy Advisors, which is a business consulting firm that provides technical assistance to um, startups and entrepreneurs who are seeking to raise capital via equity crowdfunding. I am also a first-generation Haitian, um, Haitian-American, I should say, and I think that that has kind of given me a perspective on life and business and leadership that I hope to be able to share with you this evening. Yeah, you definitely have a really interesting background, and I feel like one that a lot of people can relate to, um, you know, those especially who grew up as first generation, second generation, have you have had a lot of personal struggles as well, how you had lost your mother and how you had to work three jobs. Can you tell us a little bit about that period in your life? So it was um, a tough period, um, I must say, because I don't know if you ever really get over um, losing your mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I did have a lot of support um, and I was actually even encouraged by my siblings because I was the oldest. So I kind of felt like I couldn't like let them down. And I knew that, you know, I felt like my mom was watching over us. And so I wanted to also make her proud, even though I couldn't, um, you know, see her. And so um, one of my favorite uncles kept pushing me to go back to school. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go. Um, And at the time I was going through a nursing program. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. But when I went back to school, I was like, I need to hurry up and get get this bachelor's. I had already done two years. And so I needed to just get it done. And by then I was already working for a law firm. So I thought, well, maybe I could go to law school. Um, So I decided to go and finish my bachelor's in psychology. And so, and then I guess the rest is history. And then I, it seems like I have not been able to stop going to school because then I went and got a master's and then I went and got a JD and I'm finally feel like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> no more school. <laughs> yes. You've reached your threshold, but I think you're definitely at that point where you are ready to not just give back to the community, but invest back in yourself. And were able to break into this entrepreneurial space. How did that come about? Um, I can tell you that it never crossed my mind to be an entrepreneur, right? Like I said, I'm from, you know, like a humble immigrant family. We just go to work and you come home, right? And that's it. Um, But um, what kind of pushed me into that was I was actually going to join another um, startup um, and do some compliance regulatory work for them because they were actually going to do a, or going to build a platform that would um, allow businesses to, raise money via equity crowdfunding, right? And so I was looking at the rules, trying to prepare myself for that position. And so I thought, well, I could do this myself. You know, I don't need them to be able to provide this particular service. And so that kind of started there. And then before you knew it, like I was just, I started to, you know, get getting energy from it and and feel like, okay, I, and I also became more confident and thought, okay, I could, I could do this. And 
here I am today. Yes, you are here today because I also <laughs> noticed, you know, you are affiliated with Samson Williams, we, who we have interviewed here on this podcast. Absolutely love him. Um, can you tell us about some of the work that you are doing with Axis and Eggs? Yeah, so Axis and Eggs um, is a blockchain consultancy um, firm, and so they do um, consulting for businesses who are already in existence and want some help or some advice on whether they should leverage blockchain technology, Mm -hmm. and they also work with startups. So um, where I come in, there are compliance issues that need to be addressed, or there are questions, or maybe they've already started doing something and they want to know, should they have done that? Um, And you know, and so I, I essentially take care of the, the legal side of things. Um, and so that's mainly where I work with them. But they also do a lot of strategizing. And so I help in that realm as well, because um, one issue with blockchain is there people think, I guess, the default thing is to create cre- cryptocurrencies. And so then it's like, OK, well, what is this thing going to do? So we do a lot of strategizing on trying to, you know, craft what the token economy will be like what will you use this for will people buy it etc yes that is a whole nother realm a whole nother world that you have to dive into um so you know knowing samson he's very much all about inclusion and being from the complete opposite side of the united states on the east coast can you share with us and our audience why inclusivity is so important to you and what crowdy advisors is doing to help promote inclusion Inclusion is really important just at the basic level because we're all in this together, right? I don't understand. I guess I've, I've had problems trying to wrap my mind around why there's always more of this group than there is of another group when, I mean, we're, we're both just as smart, just as driven, just as ambitious. Um, and on the East Coast, I mean, I think in certain pockets, you can definitely see that inclusion is, is present. But I saw recently where someone was saying there's diversity and inclusion, but then there's diversity, inclusion and belonging. So there's this thing where like you have diversity, inclusion, but you don't necessarily feel like you belong there or you're welcomed. And so I think that's just another part of that that we need to to consider that, yes, we're including people, but can they really be involved? Are we leaving the door open so that they can come and participate in all this awesomeness that is going on? Right. I mean, it's meant to be just for a specific group of people. Um, and so one of the things that Crowdies is to um, also elevate other women entrepreneurs and other um, women who are doing their thing. They don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur and own their business, but that doesn't mean that they're not a boss, right? I feel like you don't have to be somebody's boss in the traditional sense. Um, to be an actual boss, to be taking care of your business, to be in leadership and to be a role model. You don't have to necessarily have your own business to be able to do that. So I'm just trying to encourage as many women as possible and especially women of color, because, as you know, you know, we just have our struggles. And so um, anywhere where I can contribute to elevating women and, and, and allowing them to have their, um, space and to speak their truth. You know, I try to do. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I, you know, I, I I love what you've been doing so far. I've read a lot of interviews and a couple of your blog posts as well. And, you know, since you have passed the bar in New York, you're not just an accomplished founder, but an accomplished lawyer. What has been your proudest moment? 
Oh, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> um, so I think what I set out to do when I first graduated law school, I actually haven't done any of that, which is okay because um, it turns out like what actually ended up happening, I couldn't have, I couldn't have imagined that for myself. Um, I think one of my, I, I guess one of my greatest um, accomplishments I could say in the last two years is to be able to say my hard work is paying off. You know, I'm not working in vain. And so when, if I put my energy towards something, it can become something that, um, that, that is worth, what's the word I'm looking for? Worth um, celebrating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I am really proud of is being able to speak um, in front of audiences and, and, and have talks and do panels and, and things like that. So I never thought that that was something that I wanted to do really, you know, I kind of like to be in the background or, you know, I would normally take the supportive role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, I mean, I guess it's not the biggest thing in the world, but I am proud of myself and being able to, you know, kind of step up and, and, and express myself and being able to, um, you know, talk in front of people and things like that. And do you have any uh, role models that you feel has helped you uh, become more comfortable in your skin? Yes. So my, my, well, she doesn't know this because she doesn't know who I am, but (laughs) Serena (laughs) Williams, um, she has a few like videos she posts. It's just so inspiring to see someone who's, you know, she's always in the public light. People don't always necessarily have good things to say about her, but she still persists. And she's still very, 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 very much, you know, the greatest of all time in her field. Right. Um, and another one is, I would say, um, Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember someone said just disparaging things about her. And she was like, that stuff doesn't bother me. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. Like that doesn't bring me down. And I thought, oh my God, that's, that's so great. You know, it's just, it, I mean, it's so simple, but it's like, you have to hear it right. To be able to be like, oh yeah, this, is, this yes. makes so much sense. Um, and another role model is my mom. She's been gone for about almost 16 years now. So um, my mom worked hard. She worked two jobs. She kept a roof over our head. She kept food on the table. She came over here from, you know, in, a, in, a, in the eighties during a time where, you know, living in Haiti was really, really dangerous. And she said, you know, I, I don't want to do this. I'm going to do better for myself and her own family that she left behind. And And I admire that. I don't know if I could have done that. So um, whenever I feel like things are really tough or very um, complicated or maybe just too heavy of a load for me to carry, I try to think of, you know, what would my mom have done? She would have been like, if it needs to be done, it just needs to be done. You know what I mean? So I just find a way, essentially. I can see where you draw your strength from. It's definitely your mom. Um, we're going to switch gears a little bit here, and um, I wanted to talk to you about affirmative action. Do you feel like things such as affirmative action are exploited or can be exploited by the non-majority and may potentially take away opportunities from white males who may be more qualified? So I think when we think of uh, affirmative action, we first have to think about why do we even need affirmative action, right? Why do we even need race or gender specific organizations and associations? I mean, so to answer your question, no, I don't think a non-majority group can exploit an opportunity that this group doesn't even have full access to, if that makes sense, right? I mean, like the non-majority groups start at a disadvantage, 
And to think that by letting a few deserving people you know, join this um, proverbial club, as it were, um, to, could take away opportunities um, from other people who have an advantage to begin with. I just feel like that that's unfair and, and, and not true at all. Yeah. For me, it's like, I, I like to use the word entitlement, mm-hmm. especially when they don't realize, you know, right. all the things that they have and a lot of other people don't. That's when um, the closed mindedness, as you say, comes in. And um, so, you know, despite the efforts of Crowdy Advisors, Sultan Ventures, other wonderful organizations like us, there's still immense gaps in the industry. Why do you think these discrepancies persist in the startup and the venture capital industry between Caucasians and minorities? I think it just starts, I guess it might be just a historical um, mm-hmm. um, issue. And just from history, it's always been that, you know, people who are minorities just weren't, didn't appear to be good enough or seem good enough. And so they just were not given those types of opportunities. And if you just you know, if you just repeat, it's a generational cycle of thinking. If you just repeat it over and over again, it, then we're now we're in the present and the same things are, are happening. Um, but I will say that people who understand that there are minorities and women who should have the spotlight as well, they're, they're finding ways to bring women to the to the front lines. And, um, and I mean, you even see it in leaders in, you know, fortune 500 or fortune 100 companies. Every so often there's a token person, fine, but just generally speaking, um, (laughs) generally speaking, the numbers have gone up. Right. And that's encouraging. Obviously they're not as, um, high as we would like them to be, but I think it's a good, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Just it's good optics to show that, you know, these things are actually happening Mm -hmm. Um, as to why I think this is the case. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, with entitlement. Right. There's this sense that because of who I am, I should I should be in this position. And because of who you are, you should not be. Mm -hmm. And, And that doesn't mean that this person, that let's say a woman, a black woman or a Hispanic woman couldn't be just as effective. And in fact, there have been research, um, there's research has been done that says that actually when you add a woman to your team, you can count on winning, you can count on succeeding, you know? So I think the more that that's shared in the, uh, with the public, that will help also, you know, increase the numbers of women in and minorities in, in, in leadership positions. And help move that needle. <laughs> so a noticeable number, right? Because we still, I still go into a room and I'm like, oh, I am the only one in here. How can that be? It's so weird to me. I, I don't, And I also feel bad about it because sometimes I'm like, I think I'm the only one who notices it, if that makes sense. And then it makes me feel bad. Am I being too sensitive or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just has to be, we just have to do better. I think I think we're getting there. It's it's just talking about it, as you say, talking about it, exposing, um, educating, just so that people understand the value of women and minorities. I mean, let's face it, that's the number one consumer, right? So yes, yes you've got to make sure that you can adapt and change to their wants and their needs. Okay, so Maureen, yes. you know, before you got into this industry, um, can you share with us one thing that you really knew? before you got started, a little piece of knowledge that you would want to impart to other young women, other minorities, as they get into this entrepreneurship startup tech world? 
Um, actually, there's a lot that I didn't know <laughs> um, that I think um, kind of stuck with me while growing up is that um, you have to work hard. You can't, you know, half step it. There's nothing that is more um, sufficient or more, um, I can't think of the word right now, but that makes you feel like you've done something when you see your hard work pay off. Um, And I know it sounds kind of cliche, work hard and you'll get, you know, you'll succeed. And maybe you won't necessarily succeed in the way that other people think success should look like. Right. And so that's another thing I um, had to know what success meant to me just because success meant something to someone else doesn't mean that was the same for me. And I think taking little steps and knowing that each step that I took, it was because of some hard work that I put in some, you know, some effort that I put in was gratifying for me. And so it also made me feel like, okay, well, if I could do this, then I can do that. And so I would just encourage people to find what makes, you know, your heart sing, if you will. And then, and sometimes obviously you, you might not know what that is right away. Um, but once you find it, you know, you nurture it and you keep it going and you make it work for you, whatever success is, is for you. And you you still let other people's, you know, perceptions, um, cloud that or, or overshadow that. I'd read somewhere where you had said you were not a networker, but you became one. Um, so what did, what were the steps that you did to break into that mentality, mental barrier that you had? So um, I used to play a game with myself, right? I would um, say, okay, I'm going to this event. This is how many people who are, uh, are expected to be there. And so I would just say, okay, if I can get away with tonight, I have to give away three cards, you know, or get three cards. And then, you know, as time went on, I could give away five cards or, and then, you know, before you knew it, I'm like running out of cards sometimes, which is rare. (laughs) I mean, it's probably (laughs) only happened twice, but that's because I didn't think I, you know, I could, you know, you just don't know. You're just not prepared, (laughs) but that's really good too. I'm like, I ran out of cards today. I am doing it. So, um, so yeah, so I used to just play little games like that. Or if I could, another thing someone had suggested to me that I started doing was looking to see who was going to be there. So like in meetups and event, or not event rights, um, meetups and like groups that you join, you can see who have RSVP'd. And if one of them is like in an area or at a company that interests you, you can like try to find a little something about them and then go and introduce yourself to them because they kind of expect people to come up to them anyway. So it's not going to be that awkward. Um, And that's what I was always afraid of. Right. Mm -hmm. Just coming up to the stranger and they're like, what do you why are you approaching me? And but I've noticed that most people, especially for events like that, that's what you come there to do. So um, that also made it you know, a little easier just knowing that people, I wasn't the only one feeling that way. And, you know, because of your persistence and because of the game that you were playing, you actually landed one of your first clients because of it. Yes, I did. It was like, you know, he asked me if I could help him out and I thought, wow, you need a client. So I said, yes. (laughs) I mean, I've heard this before, but I also, you know, the lawyer in me or the skeptic in me is like, you always want to kind of know what you're doing beforehand or feel like you can do it perfectly. But yeah, to your point, I think most times when you say yes, you can probably figure if you feel like you could say yes, then you can figure it out. I love it. That's actually a really good um, lesson learned there. (laughs) Don't be afraid to just say yes. Maureen, I got some quick fire questions for you. Um, What is your favorite thing to do in D.C.? 
run through Rock Creek Park. It's beautiful in there. Even in the summertime? <laughs> yeah, especially in the summertime, actually. I'm from Miami, Florida, so the heat does not bother me. Actually, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, what is one item you cannot live without? Coffee. Yes, me too. <laughs> and um, what is the one company that our listeners should know about? Oh, so one company I think the listeners should know about is um, it's called Esteem Logic, led by, by Christina Francis. She is an angel investor. She's also um, one of the co-hosts of another podcast called Get Found, Get Funded, um, which similar to Sultan Ventures, you know, speaks on topics that help minorities and entrepreneurs who might not have access to VC money or traditional means of raising funds. Another company I think that people should look out for is called Wishkanish, which is a platform. It's a blockchain-based solution um, that helps people go into to sell some of their services or goods. But the way that they're doing it, they're kind of gamifying the process so that you can also provide rewards to your consumers. Um, and that one is led by Alyssa Gus. All right, Maureen, is there anything else you want to share with us? Is there anything that you want to promote or um, oh, uh, talk sure. about? So one of the things I said when I first introduced myself is that I'm an attorney. Uh, I'm with Cogent Law Group, which is based in D.C. Um, I am barred in New York and Florida. And um, so mm-hmm. we, I mean, although we mostly spoke about um, blockchain technology and things of that nature, I also, my Practice also focuses on securities and corporate matters and a little bit of tax. So if anybody needs um, any of that kind of uh, any legal services in those areas, then feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. And I really appreciate your time. And, you know, if you're ever in Hawaii, we would be more than happy to have you in our offices, take you out for a drink, just enjoy the islands with you. Sounds good. Hawaii is definitely on my bucket list. Where <laughs> in Hawaii? Are you in Honolulu? Where, yes, in Honolulu mm-hmm. on the island of Oahu. Oahu. Okay, great. Um, yeah, yes. I might take you up on that. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's it for today's episode of the Startup Catalyst podcast. Thank you to our special guest, Maureen Murat. Learn more about Crowdy Advisors at MaureenMurat.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest podcast news and updates at Sultan Ventures. To learn more about how you can get involved in startups here locally in Hawaii, go to SultanVentures.com. Till next time, aloha. Aloha.